Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. As usual, a bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips for helping our business. We're also having a chat with Christina Sikiotis on a business model canvas. But right now, we're going to cross over to Lester Miller from Allen's Patent Attorneys. Talk about innovative patents. Good afternoon, Lester. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you once again for joining us. Is it a nice sunny day down in Sydney today as well? Or is it... Yes, very nice. Nice. Lots big big cool. Big cool? Yep. It is. It has been freezing. We're looking forward to that spring coming in soon, aren't we? Absolutely. So, so uh, we're going to talk about innovation patents. What, what is an innovation patent? Uh, well, we have two kinds of patents in Australia, the standard patent and the innovation patent. And the innovation patent is a shorter one, and it's a way of protecting uh, second-tier inventions. Uh, so um, they have a lower threshold of inventiveness. You don't need to meet the standard that, of standard patents. <laughs> um, and they're cheaper, and they have uh, tighter deadlines. I mean, uh, and uh, they're, they're meant to be used, they're meant to be deployed by... Uh, small and medium enterprises to, to protect their innovations, to stop people from copying their, their innovations, make them, make them more accessible, make the patent system more accessible to those SMEs. Is it, is it sort of a stepping stone to a patent? No, you have to choose, well, you can't, you can't step up from, okay. a, uh, from an innovation patent to a standard, but you can step down okay. from a standard. Um, most, uh, what happens is what are some... Uh, some big companies are using them to, uh, and, and small companies too. But fa- app, most famously, Apple have filed 98 of them, okay. uh, and they're directing those towards products which were released uh, by Samsung into Australia. And um, in fact, Rainbow Loom has five of them going mm. um, for their for their famous Loom bands. So, just just get this right: am I am I correct in saying patent or patent? Yeah. Well, or can I, I use I either? I switch between them both uh, <laughs> accidentally, but uh, yeah, our American friends, you say patent, but I, which I've sort of adopted these days. But um, I do try to, I do try to say patent when I when I mean when I want to when I try, when I, when I, when I okay. think about it. Okay, so going back to innovation patents, why why should we use them when you can get a twenty year standard patent? Well, you don't need. To, well, if, if if you have a, if you have a uh, product which might not last twenty years, if the market might get sick of your product, mm. you, it might be it might be useful to you to, to uh, spend less money on the patent, and then you might uh, you don't have to you don't have to reach the same standard of inventiveness, and in fact, you don't have to go to the expense of uh, examining your innovation patent unless you see somebody out in the marketplace and you want to take action. So it can be cheaper and quicker. So is it true that Australia awarded an innovation patent to a roadside post with an extra hole in it? Yeah, that is true. I mean, uh, that, that, set the, that, that case set the standard for innovation patents in Australia, and it, was, it set it pretty low. So um, uh, a few years ago, there was a, uh, a, a roadside post invented by Del North, and they, they had a, it, was, it was drivable into the ground up to the hole. And the patent covered the hole and uh, and the post, but the 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 closest the closest fence design at the time the closest post design was to a a post which had to be buried in the hole that you dug, and then you had to pour glue into the into the uh, into the hole. And so you can see that having a hole in your having a hole in the post um, actually made it easier to get the. Get the, hole, get the post into the ground, up to the hole. Okay. 
and then you then the whole could, then the post could flex back and forward because that was up because the because the post was in the ground up to the right point. Mm-hmm. But um, so so the the standard that you had that you had to make was you had to look at the closest design and then were there any differences between your 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 design and the closest one, and then does that does your design do the, the features of your design make a difference to the invention to the functioning of the invention? And in this case, it did. So you just get one piece of one design, and then is, are there any differences? Does the difference make a, so, so a contribution? So a patent is is really looking at a system or a concept, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they protect the concept and they protect the functioning of something so, that, that is different and has has new has a new function. So the example you just used of the extra hole in the post, it mm. it changed the concept really because of the the way it was used rather than just. A hole with an a post with an extra hole. Exactly, the, the hole did the hole did something. Yeah, and then um, yeah. And that's how is that how the word innovative comes in? Because it's a little bit different. It's innovative. Yeah, rather than standard, just a little bit different. So uh, with a standard patent, it has to be inventive and not obvious. In this case, actually, um, the, 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 the hole might have been obvious. Mm. But uh, you don't need you don't need it to be obvious. You don't need it to be you don't need it to go. It, it can be obvious. Your your, your post can be obvious. Mm. Yeah, so, your, your difference can be obvious. Sorry. So, yeah. so so there was an innovative patent review in in or innovation patent review in May mm. of two thousand and fourteen. Mm. What did the Australian Council of Intellectual Property recommend that the government do? Well, they were trying to work out whether uh, they, whether the system was working for small and medium enterprises, and they. They recommended, uh, if, if it's going to be kept at all, that, uh, they, that we could change it a little bit by, rather than that, right, by making it, by making it uh, not not by making it illegal to refer to an innovation patent as a patent unless it's been examined by the, the government. Uh, so that's the first thing, which is a good thing because people find it a bit weird that you can say that it's something patented if it hasn't been examined. Mm. And they're also going to, they also recommend that we change. The standard raise the standard a little bit by bringing in a lot more ability to combine documents together. So as long as the documents have, as long as rather than just look at one, is, is my fence is my post the same as just one other post, and is, is it different from that? If they want they want us to look at a whole bunch of other posts which might be in the common general knowledge, and if they are, then hopefully the standard would be raised. Mm. Because you're comparing with a whole bunch of other things rather than just the one. So, with these recommendations, will, will the federal government take up the recommendations? Well, it's unclear because um, the government's got a lot on its plate, but uh, it is business as usual at the moment. And because the innovation standard is pretty low, you might want to think about uh, getting a patent for your invention because uh, you know the standard might not be this low forever. But it's probably going to take quite a few years to get through the government, probably, I would think. It, it, may, it may well do, yeah. <laughs> and, and who knows when, when, when you get a change of government, too. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Lester. We'll have that's a chat with you again another month. Look forward to it, Julian. Thank you. Have Bye-bye. Bye. Lester Miller there from um, Allen's Patent Attorneys. Yes, I wonder whether it's patent or patent attorney. But anyway... Um, Interesting that these innovation patents are are there and they are there for uh, obviously reduced cost and quicker processing, uh, which may well be a better way for us to protect if we're in one of these smaller businesses. 
You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. Time to pop over and have our discussion on innovation with Christina Sikiatis. Good afternoon, Christina. Oh, hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Got a dog barking in the background there. Yeah, there is, and I can very, I'm having trouble hearing you because I seem to have a bad line. But anyway, we'll do the best we can. Okay, well, you can do the talking. We're okay. going to talk about business model. So I thought today we might talk about um, the business model canvas, which is almost a, a new way of looking at, and I think we mentioned it last week, uh, it's a new way of actually looking at um, business plans. So the traditional business plan uh, has kind of, is it, you know, the business plan is a perfect scenario behind it, but what we're finding these days in business is that the 60-page business plan, which most, most people have expanded their business plans to, because we have to, you know, do them up for, for banks and things like that, um, is that they're just, they're too long and they're things that we don't rework. So mm. there's this um, new idea, or it's not really so new, Business Model Canvas, and if you Google it, um, Business Model Canvas, YouTube, go to YouTube and put Business Model Canvas in, it gives you a bit of an idea of how it works. Um, it's for anyone in an entrepreneurial spirit and thinking anyone who's thinking about improving, innovating, transforming their, their existing businesses, it's a really good tool because as, as we discussed briefly um, before we went live, it's a really good tool to have on the wall. So the Business Model Canvas outlines nine aspects, um, nine aspects of things that you can use in business from key relationships to value propositions to cost structures um, customer relationships, etc. So there's, there's actually nine categories, and it can be a work in progress, which, as we know, a business plan should be. Mm. Uh, and it's also they, they talk about um, the seven faces of business model innovation, and we're talking about the senior executive, the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur, the investor, the consultant, the designer, the conscientious entrepreneur, and it can be used by anyone in any field in any business. And there's a really nice book that goes that can accompany it, which is a, um, a good business resource as well, called Business Model Generation. So it's a, a really good way of mapping and keeping things fresh and on the wall um, and continually thinking about what your touch points are, who are you creating value for, how are you going to create value and capture the information around that. Um, and I find it uses language that's a little bit easier and more simple to understand than possibly traditional business plans. I, I like the idea of it being on the wall because uh, when I'm running uh, management training with uh, a lot of students, it's amazing how many people have never seen the business plan of their business. And if it's it on the wall, amazing, everybody's <laughs> going to be able to see it and contribute to it. Yeah, yeah. And, if, you know, if it's on the wall, and we, we suggest that people use post-it notes and sticks new things on it all the time or, you know, use it as a, get it laminated, blow it up big, use it, um, laminate it and use it as a, as a whiteboard um, or as you suggested before, mark up your whiteboard in the, in the format of the business model canvas and continually change things, continually add, continually think and create around um, what, the, what the core value of that business is. Yeah, and uh, whiteboards are relatively cheap these days so you can have a dedicated one for this uh, business plan. You could. And, you know, the other thing that we, found, that we find useful too um, in workshops and everything is actually doing a SWOT analysis mm. against each of the nine components. So let's just say you're talking about um, your key partners. Then you look at your key partners in terms of 
strengths and weaknesses of those key partners, opportunities and threats around those key partners. With your customer relationships, what are the, what are the strengths and weaknesses of those? What are the opportunities and threats that come with those? Mm. So those two very important business tools, the business plan and your SWOT analysis, you can combine um, and do a lot of work on the business easily, quickly, and it's, and it's there in front of you using the business model canvas. And the point that you made about constantly updating a business plan, the SWOT analysis is constantly changing anyway, so there's, there's your opportunity for update. Yeah, that's right. And we tend to, like, once we've done them, or once a lot of people have done them, they tend not to, not to go back to them, revisit them, pull them out, think about them in those terms because they go, I've already done it. But really, mm. you should be thinking constantly in terms of your SWOT analysis, even if you're not using that language. Mm. Um, but where are, where are the new opportunities? I mean, opportunity is such a crucial word in business these days. Where can I find opportunity to use that or what, what opportunity is coming across with a new economic development, with a new political development, you know, with a new relationship that I formed. Where are the opportunities? Mm, great. Well, thanks for your time uh, again, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have thanks. a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiat is there. Yes, yeah, so something worth having a look at. Mod- Business Model Canvas. Just Google it and there's a great YouTube on there and plenty of other information. And 32 minutes past one, time to have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one, we've been talking about innovation. Three things to consider before launching a change initiative. We keep hearing how organisations need to adapt to stay relevant and profitable in a rapidly changing world. But is constant adaption always the best idea? Before taking your company through a big change initiative, ask these three questions. If a customer really want, if a customer really want you to change, the continued successes of some customers show that people often value consistency. Secondly, if the rewards outweigh the risks, remaking or radically changing your offering has costs. If you do decide to overhaul your portfolio, be prepared for the consequences. And thirdly, if the change will make you vulnerable. Shifting strategies or altering your offerings can open the door to competitions. Don't get caught up in something new that you leave your core business unprotected. And this other one here, we've talked about importance of hiring staff. Look for those indicators of potential when hiring. Hiring great people used to mean finding candidates with the right skills. Today, it means finding people with the potential to learn new skills. Hiring managers should look for certain indicators of potential. Is the person genuinely curious? Does he or she seek out new experiences, knowledge and candid feedback? Ask how they react when someone challenges them or how they invite input from others on their team. Tell them to dis- describe a time when they were determined to fight for a difficult goal despite challenges. How did they bounce back from adversity? These kind of questions is, will help you identify their motivation to learn and their capacity to adapt to change. So an interesting comments there. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've looked at innovative patents, which is... Uh, 
much simpler patents and maybe something suitable for your business and also that business model canvas which may be a useful way of putting your business down on as it says on canvas in a moment jane klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favorites next week we'll chat with brett gleason from the business growth center have a minute on innovation with christina sikiotis and look at some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business also talking about next week the digital enterprise program a free program to help your business get online is run by the um, Hunter Region Business Enterprise Centre and you can find more details about that on www.switchedonhunter.com.au and also the Maitland Chamber has got their meeting next Thursday as well. Unfinished business towards 2015 coming up to the state election. I'd love your company again for the business, the law and you next week at the same time. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as Dale Carnegie once said, Most of us have far more courage than we ever dreamed possible.